Watch it, boys racing. Yeah, we got and go hot. And go hot. Very good. The Paddler's Pod with Sam and Mecca. Live from the Windy City. It's good river the Windy City. The Windy City, yep. Unfortunately, maybe not at the time we needed it most in the running of the 2022 Gorge Downwind Championships, but the race has been held, has been run and won, unfortunately by neither of us, <laughs> but we had a great time anyway. Mackenzie Heinard, what a week what it's a been week. here in Hood River. Yeah, certainly. It's, uh, it's amazing to be back here like we've, sp- we've spoken about all week and like you've heard on the podcast. It's been, you know, a great time. Like you said, we've been blessed with the wind. We only had one real down day, which is probably to a lot of people's benefit because, you know, five days paddling in a row followed by a race may have uh, led to some sore bodies, but I know that everyone's woken up sore nonetheless. Just an amazing event put on by Carter Johnson, who we mentioned in the last podcast. He's done an an awesome job to keep this uh, event running through such a tough and turbulent time of of the COVID period. Yeah, absolutely. It's been an awesome week. In fact, we had so much fun recording the podcast the other day (laughs) from the fairgrounds. We thought we'd better do it again while we are together. So we are currently sitting outside at the Think Kayak house recording it. It is windy again today, so we apologize for a little bit of distortion that will no doubt come through, but that's all part of it, isn't it? We're taking you here to Hood River and giving you a feel for the event here at the Gorge. And we said that we were going to try and do that on race day as well. We made a half-hearted attempt. We were walking around before the start. We recorded a few things. We recorded all of the wash-up post-race. So here it is, the Paddler's Pod recounts of race day at the Gorge. I have to explain this every year. I'm not sure why, but here we go again. Again, please make fun of me. I love it. The escort boats are not your personal escort. They fish you out of the water, and your $6,000 boat blows downriver. Upriver, thank you. <laughs> okay, let's hear it for safety, people. Come on. All right, it is go time here at the Gorge Downwind Championships. The briefing has just finished, and now Mackenzie Heinard and I are preparing to get on the water. Maka racing, the first big race in three years is about to start. How are you feeling? Yeah, look, uh, excited and nervous all at the same time. I'm sure you're much the same. Well, I'm a bit nervous. Yeah, all the 500 paddlers have just endured maybe one of the longest race briefings there are. Very thorough. Well, we've got, we haven't got some more at the moment, but the plan was, Maka, to go around and talk to some of the paddlers about how they're feeling before the race, but I forgot that no one likes actually speaking before race. So it's just you and I. I think everyone's a bit nervous. Like you said, first big race in three years. We've got every uh, past win here in the men the women's going to be maybe the tightest race we've seen it's really exciting there's a lot of participants here huge number of outriggers it's actually really exciting and like you said it's pretty hard to catch up with these people right before the start and pumping wind we're looking at about 30 knots by the time we get to the end of the course so we are super excited (laughs) next well the race is going to take about an hour and a half for us but for everyone listening in 10 (laughs) seconds time we'll have the winner How good is that? If only the pain was the same as that sort of time. I think it's going to be a really exciting race. There's going to be good spots. There's going to be bad spots. I think the person that makes the least amount of mistakes um, is going to have maybe the best run they can and probably the one that wins the course. And I I think everyone here as a participant is uh, thinking the same thing. Let's do it. Let's run. And we're looking at possibly the first male ski coming in. 541 is Kenny Rice. Oh, he did it. Nick Notton, second in the skis. And Austin Keeper, local favourite, close third in the skis. Mackenzie Heinard, just across the line. Jasper Mocha and Sean Rice, just behind Jasper Mocha. Well, Kenny, you've just added a fourth title at the Gorge to your name. Mate, that's unbelievable. How are you feeling? Pretty knackered today. Um, yeah, this one uh, meant a lot, changing brands and, um, yeah, just being back, travelling again and appreciating being able to see friends again. So, yeah, feeling pretty stoked, feeling sore but happy. When did you get clear? Because what was it, about 150 metres in the end, was it? Yeah, it wasn't too far at the end. Um, I think at about six or seven k's, I was about fourth or fifth. And I pretty much caught one run and I was like, well, here's the ticket. <laughs> All aboard, let's go. 
Um, and I actually, I literally went past everyone on one run. Um, and I just sort of chased that and I got a bit of a gap um, going into like that sort of doldrums Viento section. Um, and along that straight section, I backed off a little bit because I realized I had fried it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the ticket wasn't <laughs> all inclusive. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Nick's caught back up again. We had a bit of a ding dong through the middle there. Um, but yeah, coming into the last third, I actually, I ended up getting back ahead of him. I probably probably had about a minute minute of a bit after that um, and then the last third you know coming along the island there I really botched it for someone who's meant to know what he's doing <laughs> it was a big guessing game so yeah by the, by the end of it he got pretty close um, but yeah I had the luxury of backing off a little bit and um, yeah I definitely thought there was people ahead of me <laughs> the way I was paddling so <laughs> I'm, glad it wasn't, I'm glad I wasn't alone in thinking <laughs> that man that's so tough through the middle you know the grinding that you did you had a bit of doubts coming into this one you know, yeah you, definitely you surprised I'm, yourself today. definitely um i don't i don't think i've done the work i've needed to do over the last three weeks um i don't not that i don't think i know i haven't <laughs> it's not a matter of thinking it's um so yeah i definitely came in not knowing i haven't done the work but uh, also it helps coming here and being confident that you know the place and you, you're comfortable in the environment and you know it's you, you're around good friends and stuff so yeah i think that it just shows how much that means over the fitness aspect, you know. Um, today you definitely need a little bit of fitness, so I do have some sort of work in the in the tank, which is nice. But yeah, definitely it's it's really satisfying to come back um, and win in a different boat, firstly, um, which is a big one. So I'm pretty chuffed with that and proving that I yeah I'm comfortable on the boat and I'm I'm ready to go. Well, I was going to say new boat, new job. <laughs> You've yeah. got going on in your life as well. You know, you were concerned about the work. You've had a lot going on. Is this the sweet um, yes, no, it's a tough one. <laughs> it's a tough one because 2017 meant a lot, you know. Um, that was definitely the first race I've ever won. It was a weird sensation. Um, but yeah, I think considering all things today was pretty sweet. Probably on par 2017. You take a lot um, of pride in winning this race. Yes, I do. It means it means a lot because it's it's something that I think um, you know I've, I've watched my brother make Euro challenges own. Um, I've watched Hank make Cape Point challenges own. Um, so it's nice to come to a race and sort of maybe not stamp your authority, but go somewhere and know that you're comfortable there and you're happy there and, and you know that you can back a good result. Even though saying that my first two years were definitely not any like they were far from a good result. So yeah. yeah. Well, you say stamp your authority. This is the seventh running of the gorge. You couldn't come last year but you have now won four no one else has won more than one oh, yeah that's pretty special yeah it's pretty special um and it's nice that five of those have been won by rices as well <laughs> or six if you count austin <laughs> oh congratulations man. yeah shot sam i appreciate it well done to you too nicky Norton second at the gorge in your very first attempt how do you feel oh i'm i'm very very stoked uh yeah the the race is quite unique um but it's very very cool uh uh, I would definitely recommend the event to anyone who's on the edge about it. It was hard. <laughs> it was hard. It was very hard, yeah. Uh, listen, I did think there'd be more, more downwind. It, it, was, it was awesome for the first about 7Ks, uh, or at least according to my Garmin. Um, and, and after that, it, it definitely the, the work became a bit harder. Um, and, uh, yeah, sort of, sort of at that stage, I think you've, you've, you've burned through that original adrenaline that you're racing on and, and you start having to, having to dig deeper and deeper. Um, yeah, but tough race. I loved your carefree approach. Just paddled wherever you wanted. You didn't <laughs> often start out on your own. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I was, I was a bit worried, uh, obviously, not having done this race before. And, and there does seem to be places where you should and shouldn't paddle. Um, but I was sort of worried that I would, I would overanalyze it and, and, and follow people too much. And, and then, you know, you're really not giving yourself the best chance to, to win if you have to follow other people the whole time. So I, my plan was to sort of just stick to the center of the river unless it was going uh, significantly worse. And uh, that, that never seemed to happen up, up until sort of closer to, towards the end. But, uh, yeah, I, I just uh, stick to my strategy. And, uh, it, yeah, it seemed to work. I'm pretty happy with it. Okay. The American contingent, Arna Swedish, second overall, and Austin Kiefer, third. Um, guys, how was the race? How are you feeling? Uh, it was exhausting. I'm really tired, but uh, it was super fun to have, have people 
people to race and Danielle is a fierce competitor and she raced really well today but I had a ton of fun. Yeah you guys had a dice you know you went with her the best in the world. Yeah the first part when the waves were good we were right next to each other and that was really fun and once it got flat she's just an animal and just walked away from me but it was really fun to be able to dice with her for that bit. Dice is everywhere. Austin, it was close at the front of the men's race. Yeah, I mean, it was an amazing start. The wind was good. Uh, there were, you know, eight of us all dicing in the beginning, and I was feeling really strong and Lincoln waves and feeling pretty effortless, and I was really excited to throw down. I had anticipated the doldrums would be a little lighter and then it'd pick up, so let Kenny and uh, Nikki get a little ahead, hoping to smack it when we, we got about halfway. And then it just never picked up, and it got worse. And uh, I think everyone out there probably had a, a dark patch or two, and, and mine lasted a good long ways. But I kind of realized, you know, this is the uh, the only international race I'm going to get to do, and I'm, I'm so lucky to be able to race the, the best people in the world who came here. So I stopped feeling sorry for myself, and I just tried to give it all I had and uh, pulled back even with second with about 2K to go. Uh, but then Nikki had a little extra. I know how much this race means to both of you guys. And, you know, as like everyone does, when we line up, we want to win. But the fact that you were up here dicing with the best in the world after a couple of years where you really haven't had exposure to top-level racing. You know, in Australia, we've had a few races now. South Africans have had plenty. So to be able to turn up to your first real race in a long time and be pushing it, I find it pretty incredible. Yeah, I was super happy to be able to be up there with Danielle. And yeah, I haven't really gotten to race international women more than like once or twice since 2019. So I was super happy just to have her here and uh, be able to hit it out with her. So Yeah, I think it was a mixture. You know, I'm super proud of fighting hard. Um, and I think at one point I had given up and was like, you know, I'm going to be fifth and I'll be happy with that. Um, so to salvage a podium... Uh, and to, uh, you know, fight Nikki to the, the finish line, I was, I was really, uh, I was thrilled. Winner of the Gorge for 2022, Danielle McKenzie. Congratulations. Um, that was hard work. Oh, Anna was so, absolutely so quick. She flew off the start and, and yeah, just went for it. And, and I sort of stuck to my race plan, which was once it started flattening out, that's when I knew I was going to go. And, yeah, just got, a, got ahead. But at no stage was I comfortable throughout the race. So sort of looking over my shoulder, seeing if I was on the right line. And I sort of figured if we were pretty much close together then not then we weren't going to get away from each other um yeah and that last section was quite flat so it was it was a bit of a bit of a struggle bit of a slog but yeah loads of fun um it's unreal out here uh we've had a good week of paddling um on the river and just really enjoyed my time over here you've done a lot of racing this year but you haven't had a lot of people pushing you like that in runs did that feel different at the start to have someone actually near you on those runs yeah i think uh, i don't think we've ever started any races that are directly into the runs yeah. we normally have like what 1k side or headwind and then it, you, you flick around into the runners so yeah to start off the start um straight into runs was quite different um yeah it just makes the start really fast um which was good um we're battling with a couple of doubles and a couple of oc2s which which is pretty cool too yeah um it's a pretty big testament to the work that you've put in to come here for the first time and beat a talented paddler like anna who knows this river so well you must be really pleased with that yeah absolutely i think um yeah, no disrespect to her because she paddled bloody amazing and um, super strong paddler. And yeah, she's got got some good things to come for the future of female racing. And I think um, it's probably the closest race um, finish over about 20k's that I've had in the last few years. So it's yeah. really, really, really good. I was going to ask about that. You must be impressed by what you're seeing from her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I honestly, to be honest, I didn't think she'd be as close, but yeah, I'm really happy that she is. Uh, I think it's just going to make everyone go harder and faster. Sean Rice, back. This has been like, I'm not going to count the Euro. Do you count the Euro Challenge as your first international race in a couple of years? I feel like this is, you know? Yeah, I think this is the first big one. The big, big one, yeah. How'd it feel? Yeah, it was nice. Nice to be back. Um, a lot of familiar faces, admittedly undercooked. Um, but yeah, no, no, nice, nice, nice to get in the, into the vibe again. Um, don't think today was was terribly uh, eventful. Mm. Sort of the race established itself after five kilometers, which is actually quite normal for this race. Um, but I sort of, yeah, the intensity is something I can't train for. It's like I've always relied quite heavily on 
momentum of racing and sort of using the previous races as a bit of a sort of step. Um, yeah, I feel good. I don't know what I, I need to sort of digest exactly what it takes now to take the additional steps that I needed to get to Worlds. Um, but I mean, I was actually, yeah, I was, I was quite, I was quite, um, I was quite comfortable at the end, and that maybe makes me feel confident. And compared to how much prep I put in, what I got out, I was kind of kind of happy with that. All right, we're back at the epic house now with Yasper Mocky. Yasper, we had to get out of there. There was no time to chat. Um, you are just getting out of the shower as well. That gives an insight to our podcast listeners. Not a VOD. A lot of people would like to see the video of this right now. Um, what are your thoughts on the race? Just let me get my underpants on. But yeah, no. <laughs> now that I do, um, the race was um, hard. I think that the winner was a deserving winner, never in doubt. Uh, Mackenzie Heinard had a commanding early lead. I thought he was gone. Kenny moved steadily through the field. And yeah, from when he got to the front, never looked in doubt. After the first 5Ks, I looked across and we were all in a line, five abreast across the river. It was a good race. About kilometer eight, the positions were as we finished. I went all over the river, left, right, left, right, trying to find something extra and I just couldn't get it. Um, smallish conditions, I think you need a lot of power over the whole course to just keep cranking over the top. And uh, I think the skill needed was probably not as high as you normally would need at the gorge. The runs were pretty easy to catch and it, you needed a big engine to get over the top. And I think yeah, I think Kenny and Nick got away and, and made it happen. It's been a little bit of time since we've had an international race. Did you love it? Yeah, I mean, I like competing again. Mm. Um, you know, I think compared to if you say I love it, I don't think I've, I love this race specifically, mm. you know, compared to what we've done in previous years. Yeah. And even being out there today again, I would have enjoyed a, a bit more wind. Mm. Um, but in terms of seeing familiar faces and being on the line and racing, I love that. Onto the world title, so first in marathon and then Surski. Yeah, that's it. So a couple, uh, two months, you know, seven, eight weeks. Um, so yeah, just keep cracking on. Keep uh, keep going and, and onwards and upwards. Well, you're looking fit. If you turn up in this shape with your shirt off again, you're going to be in great form. <laughs> well, too bad they don't give medals for looks. <laughs> <laughs> I've walked out the front of the house now, and that's where I found April O'Gorman third place overall in the women's race. How do you reflect on that result? It was an awesome paddle. Oh, thank you. Um, I had a great time. You know, it was awesome racing Danny and Anna. Uh, Anna knows this course, and she's a legend here, and Danny is a legend in her own right. And so it was awesome to just actually get to race both of them. There's not a whole lot of female paddlers in the U.S., so I'm glad that I finally got to experience that and now hopefully see them in Portugal at the end of October. And now, in first place, the man synonymous with Gorge Champion all the way from South Africa. Did we expect anything else? Kenny Rice coming in, charging for his fourth championship. The race has been run. The prizes have been handed out. Carter Johnson, you finally have a chance to rest. How does it feel? I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what a special night. What a special week this has been with everyone back together. Yeah, we're, we're stoked. Like, post-COVID, you know, it's still a little funny for international travel. But we had 700 people check in. The best part of this event is of that 700 that checked in, 500 and something did the race. And the other 200, they couldn't even be bothered. They came, to, <laughs> <laughs> they came for cheap beer and to just shred. You know, some of those guys were doing three downwinds a day since Monday. And, uh, like, yeah, by today, they're like, yeah, you're tired. So it's a downwind carnival. It's a downwind festival. And uh, we're pretty stoked. A couple of years. Must be nice to look around and see everyone back. Yeah, it's good. It's good to have everybody back. Well, you can relax now. You've, you've put on an incredible event. Okay, thank you so much, Sam. No, thank you. And just like that, I'm off to the pub. Thank you for your okay. patience. Thank you for everything you've done, Carter. I'll probably run into you tomorrow. Are you looking for one so there it is, the Gorge Downwind Championships for 2022. Kenny Rice winning his fourth title ahead of his close friend Nick Notton. They were ahead of Austin Kiefer in third. Mackenzie Heinard, you are back. Yes. Fourth place yeah. ahead of Jasper Mocker in fifth. Sean Rice was sixth. I finished up in seventh. Very good. In the wins race. Respectable. Thank you. Respectable result. Yeah, it's quite patronising. In the women's race, <laughs> in the women's race, it was Danielle McKenzie who got the nod ahead of Anna Swedish. Less than a minute behind Anna. Those two were well clear 
of the rest of the women's field. April O'Gorman was third in that. And before we start getting stuck into it, it's worth noting too, Danielle 13th overall, Anna 14th overall. Yeah, I'm sure we'll touch on that later, but an incredible performance nonetheless. So here is the plan for this episode of the Paddlers Pod. We have our power plays and they are taken from the gorge. Our five big takeaways power takeaways power plays I guess it all works yeah, doesn't yeah, it yeah we're rolling on just alliteration peace 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 the peddler's pod power plays and they are being brought to you on this episode by Vi Kobe, <laughs> our long time supporter of the podcast Paddy geez, it's been around this race for a long time as well but since the inception so it just feels right number five I don't know what it's been like in previous years. The wind has been great throughout the week. We weren't sure at the start of the week what we're going to get come race day, but when we were driving up to the start, it was absolutely blowing. I thought, how good is this? This is going to be as good as it gets. Unfortunately, by the time we got halfway down the course, I was expecting the wind to pick back up. It just never it did. Just, it just did didn't. It? No, look, it's it's very unpredictable here. The the gorge, as it's affectionately known in here in Hood River, it, it sort of ducks and winds and weaves. Uh, you know, as the border crossing between Washington and Oregon, it's quite hard to predict. Even if it is, you know, degrees off in terms of wind, some sections can be exceptional, some not so much. Uh, we sort of banked on it, you know, being good as as the river narrows down and then as it widens back up again, it gets a bit chattery before the last 12k which is quite a good viento to hood um, to hood river run unfortunately like you said it just didn't come back up and it left a few people uh yeah maybe me yeah there's a me, few people I was hurting. That, that were waiting for the wind we will say <laughs> that for sure the start of the race was great though so the first maybe three four kilometers yeah, were awesome runs arrows, yeah i guess we haven't given a bit of an overview of the race yet five of you guys led by you maca you and how quick you really took advantage of those runs and yourself austin kenny nikki and jasper mocker went for it sean and i kind of sat a few runs behind just not as keen to keep pushing because i thought maybe in that flat section the second quarter of the race that i'll try and put the foot down um, I don't know how you find that, but I did do that. Unfortunately, I then banked on the wind picking back up and it never quite did. How did your race unfold from that point? Yeah, look, I think as something to add in more than any year, um, it's worth noting that the current's been the strongest. Yeah, so really strong. Course lines um, did play into that, although Nicky Notton probably took the worst line possible and still got second. <laughs> so that uh, just speaks volumes to his paddling ability and prowess. Yeah, for me, it was, it was like that. It was It's one of those things um, you probably found. You can't really lose contact at the start of this race. If mm. you do, there's not really much coming back because it is very hard to make up a run when you're stuck between. Just jumping over becomes you know, extremely hard. You're, you're also banking on someone making a mistake as well yeah um yeah look kenny kenny's just explosive uh you know it comes into the narrows and then the, the river widens out and it starts to become long period swell and you really need that top end speed and just power and he is that's where he's won the race in the last four years four years that he's done it they are four in a row there was austin Kiefer winning but fortunately no one could actually come and attend that race then uh so it, that's where he really just took off that that section through there is very hard i know danielle mentioned that that's where she made her mark and then that's the way it plays out for the rest of it really even to make up round. even on a maybe a bad year i don't know if we're calling it a bad year but even on a less than ideal year for the gorge tell you what it was still pretty fun oh, yeah. there was good runs yeah. really good fun so look the wind didn't quite deliver after the race it picked straight back up actually yeah, so maybe we got it wrong by a couple of hours but uh it delivered some really exciting racing number four and it delivered a great event as well the prize giving the after party for the gorge is nothing like i've ever seen before it was chaos by the time we walked in mm -hmm. there was a full beer tent yeah, everyone beer tent. was in full voice Carter was on the mic just throwing hats and merchandise out into the crowd. It was like a festival. And I guess festival is the right word for it. Carter mentioned it there before as well. It's a really special celebration of paddling. Yeah, across all disciplines, you know, between surf ski, that's originally the event that it started in. We saw the masses of outrigger paddling and the best in the world attend. Uh, Stand-up paddleboarders as well, like over 700, uh, 750, nearly 800 participants here. Not as many on race day. 
they, they just love, like you said, the paddling festival. Some of them don't even come to do the race. They're just here to have those downwind experiences day after day, shuttle after shuttle. Well, the race entry isn't so much a race entry. Carter views it as a shuttle entry. Yes. You know, because people are doing up to three, maybe even more shuttles per day of a 10-kilometer course just doing downwind after downwind. Normally not as many people do the race, but Carter said there was around 500 yeah, who took part this yeah. year. And, and all of that element went so smoothly. I thought the starts were really clean. They, yes. were, they managed those numbers super well. And it was great just to see everyone having an awesome time after it. I've been to so many races around the world. I haven't really seen one like this. No, it is a little bit different. It's a little bit special. Like you mentioned, I think Carter is the ultimate hype guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no other race director that just ensues hype amongst all of the participants. You know, the, the pre-race briefing goes for a while. He really did well with that start. I, I will greatly commend him on that. You know, this vo speaks volumes for actually not saying anything at the start <laughs> of the race. You know, he just yeah. sort of sat there, shut up, told everyone what was going to happen, and that's what happened. And... You know, I think it was about the cleanest we've had in many years. We got away well, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I, yeah, you yeah, and yeah, I did look across start. and I saw you were on my right and we both it's, got away pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that race, that race starts really funny. And for anyone listening, it's like you're all lined up. There's runs and it's, it's downwind from the get-go yeah. to the very end. But you can't just push over everything at the start. So like you, you take off sit. quick and then you're sitting and there's like 15 people on the same run and yeah. you're like, well, this is weird. Yeah, yeah, really special event. Um, I'm really looking forward already to getting back here and doing it again in future because there's just no week like it in surf ski paddling and there was no real race like it as well. Let's get stuck into the nuts and bolts of what went down. Number three. And there is no better place to start than my man, our man, <laughs> our co-host of the Paddlers Pod, Mackenzie Heinard finishing fourth. Now, I've put this power play in. You weren't so keen on it, no. but mate, I thought that was an awesome race because you went out hard, Mac. You went out really hard. In fact, I almost thought you were too ambitious <laughs> with how hard you went out, but mate, you were right there in the fight again. Yeah, look, I knew, I, I know from previous races and experiences, you have to be up the front to do well in this race. You can't let anyone go. And I figured the best way to do that is sort of put the hammer down. I was conscious uh, to make sure that I didn't overexert myself in those those opening kilometers. Turns out my heart rate thought otherwise when I went back <laughs> and it was like average 192 for the first couple of kilometers. So maybe I did without realizing it, but I was aware that it was gonna come tight and tough where it flattened out. We were lucky that it didn't actually flatten out as much as I thought. Did mean that the, the later end of the course wasn't so great. But mm. nonetheless, I had a race plan um, I stuck to it, I stuck to my line, I execu ex executed it really well. I actually can't fault anything that I did personally and there's plenty of positives to be taken out moving into you know the World Championships and the later part of the, the surf ski calendar. Mate, could have finished in the top three. Close. It was almost it was almost a very big statement for you because you know what, that's the other thing as well is that we haven't had this real type of racing for some time. No. So, mate, I was really impressed. And you mentioned that about the, the experience and knowing that you need to be up the front as well. I feel like even after doing one race at the Gorge, you kind of go, okay, yeah. I would do things differently next time. So what's that, your fifth, sixth? Fifth, fifth time. Mate, good way to start the year. Our boy, back in the <laughs> swing of things. <laughs> it, it, look, I won't lie. It would have been nice to get top three. I did have a bit of weed on the rudder issue, not making mm, there we go. by any means. A bit, bit more training wouldn't have helped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so look, it's, you know, fourth's one of those ones that you you top five you get up for the presentation it's not the top three it gives me you know some aspirations some goals to look forward to and some you know i know that there's some real work to be done and i've got probably about 10 weeks from when you're listening to to the world championships and i'm excited to see what work i can get done and what performance i can bring on that day hey you mentioned the presentation there we will touch on this just quickly i couldn't believe it last night when they were calling out the surf ski results the open men's category that they've called out myself in second yes. and Sean Rice in first. And I've got up there thinking, what's going on here? And walk out the front and they say, oh no, the top five overall isn't eligible to get age group results too. So Sean walked away with a big wooden hammer. I got a nice wooden medal. It's like B division. Yeah, the B right. grade boys got their recognition. <laughs> Everyone's so. a winner in the US, right? Number two. We build this as one of the great battles of the year that we were looking forward to. And you know what? The women's race delivered. Danielle McKenzie getting the nod over Arna Swedish, but not by much. It was 59 yes. seconds yep. by the end of the with, race. Within and a minute. 
given the conditions, I was super impressed by that. Danielle and Anna were going run for run at the start. I think there was actually a bit of conversation between them. Danny said to Anna at the start of the race, hey, let's do this. Let's go <laughs> yeah, for it. Let's have a good race. I knew and, it was going to be a, do- a ding-dong battle. And it was for those first four kilometers or so. Danny putting the foot down, going through what's known as the doldrum section beyond that. Mm. It flattening out a little bit. But it sounds as though Anna started to peg her back in at the finish. It was a really respectable result. Mate, it's, uh, you know, I pegged her to, to take Danny out. I'll have to eat my words there. Sorry, Danny. For <laughs> Like we touched on, it probably wasn't as windy as we thought we were going to be. I think mm. it might have, you know, just what you said and how you elaborated, I think it might have even been closer if the wind was up all the time. I think D- Danny's, you know, paddling prowess in those flat sections is what most certainly extended that gap mm. on Anna making it, you know, you know, really extended that gap on Anna and allowed her to, to get away and sort of have Anna having to chase her. I know she mentioned um, that she was always just like looking back at Anna, knowing that if she's on the same line, it was going to be really hard for Anna to catch her. And, and that was the way and that was the tactics that she sort of played because she hasn't paddled here all mm. that much, if not at all. And, and Anna's on the other side of the coin, who knows, you know, every creek and crevice of this river yeah and i think anna can take a lot out of this race as well a lot of confidence danny really glowing with her praise for anna Mm. there we just heard her speak about that but she also pulled anna aside at the finish and said the same thing to her as well so danielle's taken a real satisfaction out of having someone not only push her in that way i think that was actually danny's words to anna at the finish she said i haven't actually been challenged and pushed like that in a open race for so long so you know she she thanked her for that experience yeah. but but i think everyone takes a lot of pride out of the fact that anna's doing it on her own here in the u.s you know yeah. she's obviously got guys like austin around her to chase and jonas as well and so many good paddlers like wilson but really in terms of leading the female charge well i think she was about 18 minutes clear of third place mm-hmm. yesterday so there is a bit of a gap there and she's really making it her own so really positive signs for Anna ahead of the world championships and more international races as well because she's still only 20 years old yeah you're exactly right there's, there's plenty of big things to come and like that's that mutual there's that mutual level of respect that Danny I think instantaneously had for Anna they're out bike riding as we record this yeah. together so obviously friendships bonding uh, and you know, friendships being made over that healthy friendly rivalry we will touch back on the fact that Anna and Danny were actually or Danny and Anna were 13th and 14th respectively overall which is huge and I think we almost have to get away from us saying that people got chicked because this is starting to become this is a staple this is happening you know they they deserve everything that they have I know how hard they work it's and you know it's just incredible to see what they can do I was pretty pleased I did check the results of course you but me too we were closer to Kenny in the win this time than we were to Danielle so we're back trying to fight in the men's race but gee the women's contingent are coming number one but I think we still have a lot of work to do to knock King Kenneth off his throne, Kenny Rice claiming his fourth victory here at the Gorge. It's his fourth straight. He was un- unable to travel here last year. That's when Austin Kiefer claimed his title. There's now been seven runnings of the Gorge. Kenny's won four. It really puts into perspective just how dominant he's been. Maka, you didn't even have him in your top three. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I really cooked it with these uh, top three in both in both the women's and the men's. You did, didn't you? Yeah, look, you're bringing it home, bringing it home for the paddlers pod. Well, I got I got the three right. I didn't get the order right. That's all right. We're not just boxing and trifecta. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, Unbelievable, Kenny. Incredible. What, what incredible. he's been through in terms of just having new boat new job you know some other things that have kept him off the water a little bit in cape town and he's certainly come home strong to do it again I here think, at the gorge i think he probably surprised himself a little bit yeah you could hear it, you could hear it when he was speaking yeah, just then after the race but like you said it's that muscle memory he's done so well in the past and really just had everyone on the ropes he knows mm. where to attack and yet again like i knew i knew when he was going to attack i just didn't have it in me mm. to go with him and he knows that's where you got to put the hammer down, um, you know, five, six K into the race, separate that distance. And all of a sudden you're now the guy that everyone's trying to chase. And he's just, he actually, his surfing knowledge here in Hood River is 
incredible. His power is is one thing to be revered, the way he can jump from run to run. He does surf all over the river. Like he follows a line, but he's always ducking and weaving and really using these waves, you know, for all they're worth. And it's it's incredible to watch. And, you know, maybe, maybe one day we'll be knocking him off the mantle. Well, when you consider how tight the racing is here at the Gorge, the fact that Kenny continues to come out on top is is absolutely incredible. It's a real testament to him as a paddler and just where he is at the moment. I was so impressed by Nicky Notton getting second yep. in his very first race here. Like, it was my first race and there were so many things that by the end of the race, I thought, okay, I'll do that completely differently next time and I had that understanding. So for him to paddle the way that he did, I thought was unbelievable. Austin right in the fight. Yep. I know how much he wanted it, but, you know, I think he should really hold his head high because these two, Kenny and Nicky, uh, two of, you could argue, the two best paddlers in the world right now. And for Austin to have not been pushed really in racing for the last couple of years, it's so impressive how he can get himself up for this event. Yeah, look, it's, I mean, it's tough for Austin. He doesn't have that luxury of training with such a large squad, similar to what we have in Australia, South Africa. And he's really passionate about this race. I know he tries to make it his own. He was actually the one at the presentation doing all the surf skills. So awards. funny. So so well so well done too. It's almost like you're going into battle to get up there to win. It's the like award. a boxing announcer. Yeah it is. It's amazing. It's, it's really good. I think he has that feeling around the event that he's partially responsible for its success and I know he's been here for he's been doing so much paddling here. He used to live here for a little bit of time and yeah, just just his ability to to want to do this race um, and want it more than ever is a testament testament to who he is and, and a great paddler he is. We've covered off your fourth place finish, Jasper Mocha in fifth. He really went for it Didn't off he the start. He was always yes. going to. He really left nothing to chance. Um, just falling away there through that doldrum section, that maybe second 5K of the course. Sean, yeah, I tried to stay on his tail for, and I did for a while. I thought we were coming back up on Jasper, but I got blown away through Swell <laughs> City, completely blown away. Sean Rice in sixth. And if you keep your eyes peeled on the Paddler.news, you will see an article with Sean coming out, just chatting about where he's at. I think there's some really promising signs there ahead of the World Championships. We know that he does get fit quite quickly when he needs to, and he's certainly on that path at the moment. So His track record's pretty good at those events. Yeah, exactly right. So there is just one thing I want to note about the event as well. This isn't a criticism, but I did find it interesting. The prize money split for the race this year. So... It has been in previous years as much as 5,000 US dollars for the victory. Last time it was held with the international field in 2019, it was 3,500 US for the win. This year, Kenny walked away with $500 US. That was the same amount as second place and third place as well. Danielle McKenzie also walking away with $500 US. That's a considerable drop in prize money. I know that the event was down on numbers a little bit with the international field, but there still was 750 people here this year. I did ask Carter about the future of the event there. That wasn't necessarily what I was angling at with that question, the prize money, but it is interesting thought moving forward, just where the actual racing side of things is viewed as a priority here at the Gorge. You're exactly right, Sam. It's really you know hard to define and quantify what having elite paddlers at an event does here. Um, I know at the start, you know, it used to be this Wildside Relay, they made an event out of what we now know as the Gorge Paddling Festival um, with great prize money, attracts great paddlers. Um, and I think, well, my personal belief is with great paddlers creates a great atmosphere and event and also promotion for that event. Well, I think the promotion's massive. Yeah. Like, not just us considering we're sitting here recording our second podcast episode and trying to spread the word of the event of just how great it is and it is such a great event mm -hmm. but also the fact that everyone online social media like the top paddlers around the world have a big following correct I yeah. know there's plenty of people in Australia for example who are planning to come next year having seen the videos and posts online that a lot of the top paddlers have been making it's not as easy as just throwing money at the top no. like I, I, I understand the, the cost in running an event and maybe a bias Trust involved me, too <laughs> but but I do think there needs to be a place for elite paddling at events like the Gorge and drop like we have seen in the last few years is pretty substantial it's massive it's a seventh of the the prize money that was on offer and we may mention of the large following that paddlers have that might not be necessarily you know to the greater public but within the paddling scene, it's 
itself, paddlers and at the top level have a large following and people definitely do want to do the races that the big guys are at. They want to line up there on the start line with the good paddlers. And to have good paddlers here, unfortunately, we're in a time where prize money is a big factor for people that are traveling uh, away and overseas, especially at a time where, you know, COVID's happened and everyone's had to, you know, look for jobs and now everyone's maybe not a full-time athlete as what they used to be. It is going to be very interesting to see the future of this event mm. in that regard. Look, thankfully for me, it's not something I have to worry about. <laughs> I was I was I off the know, pace of the top five. But... I think I, no, full credit to you. And look, you know, as I said, this is no means a criticism of the event organizing team, but I just, it is something an interesting, yes. it, it is an interesting talking point out something. of the gorge. One of the premier competitive races in the world yes it was an awesome race it was awesome to have racing back i think it lived up to those expectations that we were putting on it in terms of the battle that took place and now it's on to the next one mac but before we do that we're going to be having a chat to well paddling royalty yes around here i will be back you're going to take yeah, a little yeah, spell gonna, yeah, i will be back sam in just a moment will, sam will have the honor with american great greg barton just after this do we talk about kenny's reign here at hood river Pat Langley from Vicobi has been here every single year supporting the Gorge Downwind Championship. So it is fitting that while we are recording from the Gorge, we do have Vicobi back as the sponsors of the Paddlers Pod. I love this event. I love coming here. I love what it's all about. And, you know, Pat's been the same, even more so. He's spent so much time. I go to the event side, I do a couple of downwind runs and then come back, relax. He's just there the whole time. You know, full support, giving out anything to people that you know that need anything. If you know, there's so much around. He's been such a great supporter of the event, and it's cool. Perfect place for some UV range as well, because yeah, the sun geez, is biting here. I got a little bit burnt yesterday, but I've been in my Vicobi UV long sleeve all week to avoid that t-shirt tan. So lightweight. I love the new styles too, the new designs. Mac, you've been running the new materials yes. as well. Yeah, plenty of things that are, that are on the way. There's you know multiple colours, so you can stand out. You can definitely be unique in the range that they have. Um, you know, and it's been more than hot over here. Like Sam said, we we have been able to duck away and try. Uh, we have been able to duck away and try to protect ourselves from that sun oh, yeah. after, after being in winter for so long. We were a little bit white. Oh, I love my V cold range, but I was so glad to leave that <laughs> yeah. back home and get a little bit of I sun. I actually bought a, a... Are you paddling your V cold shorts? Yes, my V cold shorts, even though... Well, the water is still cold here and it does lap over your lap a but little But the material bit, so. also breathes a lot it as does. well. So you don't you don't get overheated like that. One that I... I that's my favourite product that they do is that V cold short. It's uh, it's perfect, the V flex V cold short everything that i need's got enough bum pad in it and breathable and just does keep me warm in what is fresh water over here all of this can be yours head to vicobi.com for anything that you need not just the clothes that we're speaking about life jackets drink bladders accessories key lock for the car anything you can think of they got it it's at vicobi.com proud supporters of the paddler all right, well, we're no longer at the Think Kayak house, but we are still on location. There's no Macca. But now we're joined by Greg Barden on the Paddler's Pod for the very first time. Of course, we know that Greg has won two Olympic gold medals, two Olympic bronze medals. But for me, the biggest contribution, Greg, is founder of Epic Kayaks because that makes you a surf ski man. Welcome to the Paddler's Pod. Great to be here. Now, let's cut to it. The biggest question first straight away, do you see yourself as a surf ski paddler or as a kayak paddler? These days, I see myself as a surf ski paddler. I love it. I started as a kayaker at a young age, and once I hit 32, I retired from competitive sprint kayaking, and since then, surf ski has become a new challenge for me. A new challenge? Well, we're actually driving back from our very last downwind of the Gorge Downwind Festival after what's been an awesome week. Surfskate paddling's become your life as well, right? Yes, it's become a passion. I get out and paddle myself, and then I'm designing boats, designing paddles, uh, arranging production of them, so it's become my entire life. So let's go all the way back, or at least the start of the surfskate journey, because we try and keep it as exclusively a surfskate podcast, but talk to us about when you first paddled a surfskate, because it wasn't as early as some people may think. I was 29 years old, and I'd won the two Olympic golds the year before. And I'd been over in Hawaii doing six-man outrigger paddling and seen surf skis. And I thought, oh, that's, 
that's a real cool craft. I'm good at endurance. I should be able to win this thing with no troubles. <laughs> and so I bought a surf ski from Hawaii, had it shipped to California, paddled a few times, signed up for the Molokai race, and went over and finished at that time, I think I was 15th, about 45 minutes behind Oscar Chalupski. <laughs> I'm sure Oscar never lets you forget that. No, not at all. <laughs> but I guess that was the start of this incredible journey. What was it about surf ski paddling and that experience that made you want to continue paddling? It's something different. When you're sprint paddling, it's kind of like being a competitive swimmer in a swimming pool where you look at a black line the whole way and you're just going in a straight line. I mean, they've got flip turns, but it's really the same thing over and over again, which is exciting when you're competing at the world level. But once you get beyond that, it's I'm looking for something else and being able to surf down a wave and trying to decide, okay, do I, do I sprint for the next one? Do I back off? Do I turn right? Do I turn left? It's a whole new challenge and it's fun. I mean, I have to admit that surfing down a wave is much more fun than busting your brains on flat water. When you did start surf skate paddling, look, I guess your kayaking career did obviously continue, but is it something that you still go back to now or are you kind of firmly in the camp of enjoying and exploring those challenges in the open ocean or even here on a river catching runs? I'll still paddle a K1 occasionally. If it's a calm day, I'll take it out maybe once, twice a month. Uh, surf ski is my passion. I wish I could paddle more challenging conditions. In Seattle, where I live, I don't get those conditions on a regular basis. Uh, I'll go to Hawaii for a week or two, come to the gorge, but I envy those pe people that have those kind of conditions all the time year-round. So let's talk about Epic. Where did that journey begin? It started in 1997. I started doing some paddles, uh, initially touring paddles, and I got into wing paddles. And then in 2001, I partnered up with Oscar Chalupski and we started doing Epic Kayaks. It's something that you've always made an effort to do, isn't it? Like even at the peak of your racing, you still were working six hours a day, which I was impressed to hear because a lot of athletes try and pursue that full-time athlete angle. But clearly you've, you've got drive that goes beyond paddling and you like exploring these new opportunities. Yeah, I think it comes from my parents. My father was a very successful farmer, hard worker, and he supported my athletic career wholeheartedly but he wanted to make sure that I had other skills. He didn't want me to become someone in their mid-30s that suddenly spit off the other end, has no education, no work experience. So I went to the University of Michigan, majored in mechanical engineering, and then I worked for an engineering firm in Southern California for three years while I was training. And so uh, I was able to, to have a slightly reduced work schedule that I worked out with my employer but um, I'm happy that I did that, and I think it's important to have something else in your life. I, I've seen people that you can make big gains if you're concentrating solely on paddling for three months or six months or even 12 months. But if you, if you do that for multiple years in a row, I've seen so many people that get burned out because that's all they're doing. And I think it's good to have something to take your mind off it. You work out in the morning, you go to work or do something else, and then come back with a fresh perspective for the afternoon session. Well, you certainly gave yourself a new challenge by exploring making surf skis with Oscar as well. How did that partnership come about? Did you know Oscar pretty well, you know, even before you started competing in surf ski paddling? I did the... The, my first Molokai race, met Oscar, had, had obviously heard of him, but never met him until then. And a friend of mine talked me into going back, working a week at the engineering firm, and then flying back to Hawaii the following Friday night and doing a sailing canoe race from Maui to Oahu, which, inc which included the entire Molokai race, but that was only the last third of the event. Yeah, right. And two of my partners were Oscar and Herman Chalupski, so I was stuck in this canoe with him for about nine <laughs> hours listening to him chirp away, and we've been friends ever since. So that's obviously a big jump then to start exploring the construction and design of surf skis. Was that something that you had always been interested in, trying to design boats and understanding how the water moves around the boats as well? Because good kayak paddlers are quite... Uh, detailed when it comes to those things as well. So I guess it's something that you probably would have already been considering. 
Yeah, from an engineering perspective and being a paddler as well, they it's a, it's a natural mix to want to design your own equipment. I actually made my own wing paddles that I used in the 88 Olympics to win two gold medals. I, I built them myself out of carbon fiber. Uh, the first ones I got were breaking on me, so I made one that was 45% lighter and stronger than, than what I had. Wow, that's incredible. And then it was just natural to go from paddles to boats uh, just one step further, and I enjoy it. I, I enjoy uh, technical things, and I enjoy being on the water, so it's a perfect career for me. Well, as we stand today, 20 years later, Epic is you know, the biggest surf ski manufacturer in the world. It wouldn't have always been that easy, I can imagine, along the way. There would have been some hurdles for you to get to this point. There's been a lot of ups and downs. Anybody that's run a business knows that uh, it may look like a smooth sailing from the outside, but there's been a lot of times we didn't know if the company would survive, uh, different things happening, people come and going, uh, other things in the market, but we've managed to, to keep it together and, and be successful for, uh, for more than 20 years now. How proud are you when you get to look around, no matter where you are in the world, and you see Epic Kayaks? That must be an incredible feeling. It is. And coming to here at the Gorge and seeing so many Epics on the water, and I'm always getting photos from people that are off someplace in the middle of nowhere and say, oh, here's an Epic Kayak, and I'll take a picture <laughs> of it and text it to me. We're pretty lucky as paddlers that we get to do what we love in so many incredible places around the world, but what's it been like for you to actually build a career out of paddling? It's, it's been enjoyable, and I have to say it's frustrating at times. Uh, sometimes you think, um, I'm just going to make these, and then you realize that suddenly you're spending 60 or 70 hours a week at, at certain periods of times, and it's frustrating, but at the end of the day, uh, it's much more exciting for me than it was working for some company that's making one small part of a huge project, and sometimes you don't even know what it, what it does in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are currently, for everyone listening, but unable to see the beauty that we are witnessing right now. We're driving along the Gorge Race Course, heading back down towards Hood River. The wind is blowing after what has been an incredible week here and a week that was, again, highlighted by the talent that America has in its surf ski ranks. Austin Kiefer, third overall, Anna Swedish, second, as Macker and I have been discussing, really close to Danielle McKenzie. How much satisfaction do you take out of seeing the next generation starting to make their mark representing America on this world stage? It's great to see. From a personal standpoint, it's always fun to beat the youngsters. But I realize that in my 60s, if I'm beating the kids, then the sport is regressing backwards. Yeah. And so we really need these young kids coming in. And to see someone like Anna, uh, you know, give Danielle, give her a good run for it, it's exciting. Do you think that surf ski paddling is making those inroads here in America? It's definitely become a lot more popular. I mean, when I started surf ski paddling, hardly anybody in the mainland did it. And over the last two decades, it's grown tremendously. Uh, it's still not at the level here that I think Australia has and other parts of the world. But I'm hoping we'll continue to grow and be able to start challenging more and more at the international events. You're quite close with both Austin and Anna as well. You guys spent the morning mountain bike riding together. Do you take a particular interest in their surf skate journey and do you try and get involved and help them wherever you can? Certainly, yeah. It's, I'm not coaching at all in a formal aspect, but Austin will ask me things about getting ready for a race or training and Anna, I'm certainly happy to help them out any way I can. And just on that growth and development as well, Greg, is there something you have confidence for in the future that more and more Americans will take up surf ski paddling and get to share the stoke that we have here this week? It's, it's hard to say. I hope it happens. I know in America there's just so many sports and kids are pulled in so many directions. And it's not a sport that's in any of the schools. So uh, we've got one disadvantage there. But um, I hope more people see it and enjoy it because I certainly do. Well, we've certainly enjoyed it here this week at the Gorge. It's been an awesome week. You've actually done so much to help us, Greg, so we thank you for that as well. But before we let you go, or at the very least get back to driving, as we finish this downwind, we have our 10 doubles segment, which this episode is brought to you by Kobe. Now, Greg, we ask the same 10 questions to each of our guests, and we want you to try and answer it as quickly as possible. So I know you've done plenty of paddling this week. You've done a big race, but are you ready to take on 
this rapid fire challenge. Okay, I'll do it. All right, Greg Barton, question number one. What paddle length and angle do you use? In the race, I used 212 and 75 degrees. Question number two, what's the fastest kilometer split you've ever recorded? I think I broke three minutes one time in Maui. Wow, no, that is... Barely. Hey, that still counts. That's a hot-button topic on this podcast, so you've uh, certainly passed that mark there. Question number three, what's the furthest you've paddled in one session? Furthest was the 70-48 challenge that was 70 miles and took about nine and a half hours. Jeez. Question number four, now, what's your go-to pre-race meal? What do you like having the night before a big event? I usually have... um, some kind of meat, a big steak. When I was a kid, my parents would always have steak the night before the race. And sometimes I'll carbo-load, but um, I've been eating a little more paleo-friendly lately. And um, a good steak or a good salmon, good fish, um, those are all great for me. I was doing the trick for you. Do you listen to music before you race? And if so, what's your go-to song to get you going? I usually don't. I'm usually busy preparing or... uh, just thinking about the race and, and not listening to music. I enjoy music, but I really don't use it to prep for a race. Question number five, what's your favorite surf ski race in the world? Oh, that's, uh, maybe I'll say the doctor. I'll throw one out there. I like it. Question number six, what's your ultimate racing war story? When did it all go wrong? Ultimate? Oh. Yeah, there's, there's got to be some story that um, oh, it's a pretty good sign if nothing's coming to mind straight away then that's a good sign after you've been <laughs> racing for so long yeah i do remember one when i was a kid uh this was not surski but it was um it was a um it was um, a marathon race on a river and you had to paddle upstream around an island and come back i think i was about 14 years old and I picked the wrong island and turned around it and came back first and, and beat all the senior paddlers. And everybody was saying, wow, Greg's going so fast. And then they realized that I'd taken the wrong turn. Hey, it was a sign of what was to come. Question number seven. Who is the greatest surf ski paddler of all time? I'd have to say, as much as I hate to say it, Oscar Cholupski. <laughs> uh, you're not alone in saying that. He is the patron of this podcast. He's a... Uh, His voice is all over this podcast, so that's a welcomed answer here. Question number eight. Now, Greg, you're one of the nicest guys I think I've ever met, so you might struggle with this one. Who is the worst trainer but the best racer that you've ever come across? Yeah, worst trainer, best racer. Someone who just seems to pull it out on race day when they need to. I'm going to say, I don't know how he trains, but I'm going to say Dean Gardner. He seems to have had a lot of really good uh, races, and I actually don't know how well he trains, but I'll give him credit for that. Now, there's a man who can pull out a race when he needs to. Question number nine, Greg, what do you rate as your greatest paddling achievement? It'd have to be the two Olympic gold medals, and I'd like to get that way in surf ski, but I think starting as late as I did and uh, getting older, I'm, I'm never going to reach the highest level in Surski. So uh, my sprint accomplishments uh, are the number one. Well, they're certainly pretty hard to go past. Out of interest, how does starting something like Epic Kayak stack up for you to those gold medals? It really has a lot of similarities. And I think anybody that's been successful, whatever you do, there's a ton of work and preparation that goes into it. When you see somebody on race day, they perform really well, and unless they're Dean Gardner and happen to just pull it off on race day, usually there's years, if not decades, of preparation that go into it. And Greg Barton, question number 10, finish this sentence. I'm a paddler because? I love being outside and feeling the wind whip past my face when I'm going as fast as I can. Well, we are so thankful for it, not only for everything you do to help everyone in the sport, whether it's the saying hello and being polite to everyone, but also the work that you've done in establishing the sport as well through your work with Epic, not to mention your nice driving while we've been interviewing too, doing two things at once. So thank you very much for your time. All right. Great to be here. Good talking to you. Mac is back. Look, 
full disclosure, we are recording this before I have spoken to Greg Barton. So, Mark, you don't know, <laughs> neither of us know what has been said, but I've no doubt that was an incredible conversation with Greg, one of the great yes. paddling minds. He has achieved so much in the sport, in all disciplines. Oh, yeah, in, in varying amounts of disciplines and over such a long period of time. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, that's the end of the gorge, downwind championships for us. You're going to get stuck into training. Gonna I'm going to go on holidays for a couple of weeks. So, uh, it might be a while before we record the next one, but, um, you know, there's definitely there's so many things going on in the paddling world Bonnie Hancock's about to finish her big tour around Australia Cyril Deramo's about to land in Hawaii yeah. hopefully you know there's, there's some racing coming up we're going to be pumped on all things paddling you know at We've got so much racing coming into the end of the year. So that means you have so much listening <laughs> to do to the Paddlers Pod. Thank you so much for supporting what we do. Make sure you tell your friends and we'll uh, be chatting there to you again soon. Until next time, take care and enjoy paddling. There you go. There you go. The Paddlers Pod with Sam and Macca.